0: It is good to be with you this morning um, covering a topic that uh, I know something about, but not as much as I wish I knew, uh, because it's we're talking about anthropology, the study of humanity today. Uh, and so I was learning a whole lot as I was preparing for class today, and I uh, want to share all of that with you, but as uh, first, I invite you to flip your paper over, because you won't need it for a little while. We're just going to do some questions, and, and I don't want you looking at the head at the answers. If you've already reviewed it, you've got the answers, okay. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for the ways that you have made us in ways that we don't even fully understand. Indeed, we are a mystery to ourselves, and we thank you for the ability to have consciousness, to have reason, to to consider ourselves, to consider you, and con- consider our place in the universe that you have created. We ask that you would be with us this day. Help us to understand ourselves just a little bit better in relation to you, to know how you have made us and created us. Be with us in this hour and all, uh, all day as we consider your life, our life in you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I get to look at the cover, the first page. You don't. Okay. So um, do we have the, okay, we have the handheld. So just an opening question. What does it mean? This is a big one. So we can be here all day just talking about this one. So don't feel like there's any wrong answer. What does it mean to be human? Not everybody at once. One at a time. Oh, Edith. Ow. There we go. I thought I'd have to make you sweat another minute or two before anybody came. Yeah, make it easy. Okay, thanks, Edith. Um, uh,
1: To love, to give love and receive love.
0: To give love and receive love?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Fallible,
2: to be fallible.
0: Oh, fallible interest. Okay. You don't have to come up with some, you know, big exposition of what does it mean. Just can you have a one word like like Nancy here has here.
3: Right, whatever else that can. Okay,
0: be. homo erectus at the very least. Okay. Some of us yeah. Okay, anybody else? Oops. Okay, we enjoy eating. So yeah. there's something to be said about enjoyment, right? Yeah, we're not yeah, just yeah, we're not just a passive slug on the ground only, right. you know. We have we have enjoyment in life. Eating, sleeping. Is that all we do? Depends how old you are. Depends how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Roger. Okay. We have emotions, okay? And relating that to, to give and receive love, we connect these. Uh, if you've all heard, I'm sure you've heard those, you know, I don't know if they're anecdotal or if they're true stories or not, but the story of the, you know, those children who, by some strange course of events, they're like lost in the forest, and then they're raised by wolves and that sort of a thing. Are they as, hmm, I'm going to use this word loosely, as human as And everyone else? Or is there something that we perceive as lacking? You're raised by wolves. What's lacking? We just leave it at this table for a minute. <laughs> Everyone's talking. It's great.
1: Um, I think it was Aristotle that said that we're the rational animal. Oh, okay. You know, so it's, it's both that... Biological, instinctual self, but also the reason, um, and as Christians, we would say our spiritual selves.
0: Okay.
3: We have the ability to overcome our five senses. That that individual that was raised by wolves survived by hunger and and fear mm. and cold and heat. Right. But we have ways to cope. And get beyond that, which allows us to become spiritual. But why? Why?
0: Yeah. Why do we have that ability in this person raised by... If we're the same species, we have the same inbred...
3: Well, this, this person will change with time. That's Perhaps. That's what the rest of the story was. The oh, movie, okay. Right? So sure. Once they're exposed to the human elements, they they have the capabilities because they were born human. Okay. Genetically, but they, they, they didn't nurture their humanness. Ah.
0: Okay, so there's a certain nature about humanity. And the other word that we hear about is nature versus... Nurture. Nurture, right. So the person who was raised by wolves is being nurtured in a very different way. And the idea here also is being nurtured, you have a community, right? And that's an important element of humanity as you have this community. Sue?
2: I don't want to burst any bubbles, but our English teacher... Italian guide said Luperna means wolves which means prostitutes.
0: Uh, okay. So that
2: the twins were raised by...
0: Romulus and Remus, is that the... Are yes. we to- talking about Rome? Yes, oh, okay.
2: So that might destroy some of the other comments.
0: I have I have actually heard that there are stories of people being under horrible conditions of abuse that they have no language. And that's kind of where I'm talking about. The, yeah. the, what... Even if someone is within our species, if they are by nature human, what is it in nurture that is lacking? So, yeah, it's an anecdotal story. Wolves exactly. or prostitutes, I don't know.
2: But I would say that we are kept, peoples. As humans, we are kept by God. Because hmm. that's yeah. where it's the theme is, I think I just read it today in one of them. God is our keeper. We hear that. Yeah. Not one another. We don't keep one another because that's ownership.
0: That's funny. I hear keeper, but I haven't heard, I've only heard kept. That's not even spelled right. Is it P? No. Uh, it's been a long morning already. Um, like a kept woman, right? I've heard that, f- that phrase, but I haven't heard of like, as, as humans and Christians, we are kept by God. The fun phrase, but the, the the one point I want, and I do want to come to you, Ed. But the one point I wanted to draw circle in here for a minute and zero in on community, how fundamental it is that we have community. Can you be a human without anyone else? If you are, you know, just imagine that you heck, you you have a robot that takes care of all of your needs, but that robot is silent and doesn't speak. You have no stimulus. You have no relationship. You are just, there. your physical needs are taken care of. You're born and you don't know anyone or meet anyone until your dying day. Are you still as human? Are you still in that community? Um,
3: there, there, are, there are human characteristics that have to be developed. But hmm. there are genetic humanity There's okay. genetics of humans that we would recognize even that child raised uh, by wolves are raised that that they were human sure but but to be human is a developmental process
0: do you know you're human without being told
3: he looks
0: like <laughs> sure sure kent uh,
4: we're compassionate
0: okay Compassionate, which again implies community, probably, right? because you are most likely compassionate with those of your clan to start off with, right? We're clan-based we're clan-based society, whoops. All kind of scribbles there. Uh, I think Ed, I'm sorry, I think we missed you for a minute there. Truth Oh, we seek truth.: hmm.
3: I Want to know what that meant.
0: So there's this sense of, we're not just okay, we're not just okay in the present of what we know and have and what we do. There's a sense of striving towards something, pursuing, seeking truth. Sure. Sure. It's like that uh, children's book. Are you my mother? It's like like a bird falls out of a tree and goes around to everyone in the farm. Are you my mother? Are you my mother? Right. Who Who are we from? Who's What tribe are we a part of? And we get our identity, part of our identity, part of our humanity, from being told one thing. Um, it, it's sad, but it was enlightening. Uh, My last church where I served, there was a large group of refugees from Burma, Thailand. And uh, you would ask, oh, how old are you? Oh, eight or nine. Uh, I'm sorry, how old are you? Not how old is your brother or your sister or, you know, your friend. How old are you? Oh, eight or nine. How do you, how do you, I know how old you are. Well, I don't, we, you know, we were on the run in the jungle. I was born and we didn't know what day it was. And we were out there for months, and we didn't know. Can you imagine not knowing the day you were born? And so a lot of the Karen people have, they just choose January 1st of whatever year they think they were born. Um, but that, that fundamental fact of our birth date, we don't know that unless someone tells us that. And that's part of, I, I think that little fact just illuminates the whole of... What does it mean to be human as we, we don't know ourselves unless someone tells us who we are to start. Right. Oh, you know, um, you know, we don't do that in the Wallace family. Oh, oh, we don't. Okay. So we won't do that. Right. You don't do those things because your tribe says we don't do those things. And that's, that's identity shaping. There's, there's, there is, um, humanity is, you can't just be an Island, right? There's a sense of formation in between. So, Um, Is it still up there? So I want us to imagine for a minute, what if we were trying to explain humanity to someone who's never encountered humanity before? What if you encountered, let's just say, a non-corporeal, energy-based alien from another space dimension? You'd run like heck. Well, you didn't have a chance to run like heck. They uh, happened to speak English. And um, they're asking, Who are, you? Who are you? Who are you? It is
1: corporeal, a physical entity. What did you say? It is responding to visual and auditory stimuli.
0: First officer's log, stargate (laughs) 46392. Anyone a Deep Space Nine fan? Anybody? I resisted watching Deep Space Nine for years. And then I finally, finally this last year, I thought, I'll give it a try. And I have not been disappointed. So I think I'm in season four. And it's pretty spectacular. So that was the very, very first episode. So Major Sisko, the, the gentleman there, he, he goes through this wormhole and encounters this, this being that has no concept of time. They're non-corporeal. They don't use words to communicate. And so what, it, it, the reason I showed that, that few minutes of clip of a film is because it is revealing to see what we are when we see what we are not right? Oh, they are not like that, but we are. So, okay. Um, so it is a little, we have, we have spent the last 15 minutes trying to define what it means to be human. Um, have we captured everything? Is this definitive? Is this capture the whole Edith?
1: those connections of identity that we have with God. Right. Um that you know Jesus is our brother, family of God, you know, stuff. So sure. I think that's and and then within Christian circles we have that big discussion, can you be fully human if you haven't embraced mm. Christ? Oh, sure. Um sure. and that leads off to a whole nother Oh problem. yeah.
0: But I I think the this part of my and I so appreciate you you pushing us even further. Even adding that. We could spend all day, week, month, the rest of our lives trying to capture in words what it means to be human. Would we ever finish that? Would we ever be able to say, That's it? I have written the book. Human. Period. That's everything. Tomorrow. You're whoa, you're gonna be different tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So today I could maybe write one book, but tomorrow it's gonna be different. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So um we're physically different, right? Every seven years, the, cell, the atoms and cells in our bodies are all swept, switched out. There's absolutely spatial differences, but at the, at the core, I mean, atomically, we're related in some ways, right? We are all stardust because stars are those that create all the matter of the universe, and that gets exploded out, right? Uh, and that's, that's in us. Stardust that we are stardust um, yeah i, I 've heard that many a time, but well, let 's get there let 's get there I think we 'll get there a little while later um, so it 's hard to explain what it means to be human because it 's a mystery, and some at some point we start to step into mystery that we cannot answer uh, what What did it look like on that first day of creation, the first human took a step and uh, whether we're talking Adam and Eve, whether we're talking evolutionarily, what did that first person look like? What, what was their morning routine? What was it like the day before? Um, you know, what, all of those sorts of questions, we kind of don't, there are certain things we just can't answer. Scripture doesn't give us everything that we want. So there are certain questions there about our origins and there are certain questions about what is the end of humanity if science has uh, their say in regards to the the evolution and the the um, pro- progress of the universe in about five billion years, our sun will probably explode right, go supernova, and a few billion years after that the uh, the universe will expand so much that it will all cool down, and life will be impossible in our universe that 's to say nothing of God right, but in God with God and a belief in, in, and putting faith in God. What is the end of humanity? So the, there are these questions. We haven't gotten there yet, and we don't remember that first day uh, of of humanity because we weren't there either. We're in the middle. And so because we're in the middle, part of our story was told to us, and we're still telling the story and progressing towards the end, right? Yeah. To the end of our story? <sighs> I mean, not the, somewhere between the, the beginning and the end is the middle, right? So, um, because I just took another breath, so I've got another few seconds. I've got a few more seconds. It's not the end yet. The end of life or the end of humanity as a, as a species, right? So I'm talking about, you know, what does the end of humanity look like? Right? Is it nuclear destruction and we're all gone? Is it God comes down into earth and, and reigns and the universe is restored and, and and set aright? What is that end? Scripture tells us some things, but we haven't gotten there yet. So we can't know what the end looks like. So that's part of what it, what does it mean to be human? You can't just say, today, this is what it means to be human. You can do that. We're in the middle. But you can't capture the entire thing because... We as, his, you know, we can't have a, a historian from the future step into a time machine and say, I'm going to look back every day and know the whole of humanity. It's impossible. My point with this is that it's a mystery. There's some, something in this is mysterious. So the Bible, and you can turn over if you want now, uh, if you haven't already turned over to the front of the, front of the packet here, the Bible and theology give expression to this mystery of the dignity and the danger of human beings, with three related, interrelated affirmations. First, we are created in the image of God. Right? We get those words straight from Genesis. Two. Do you have, oh, you got it back Two. We are sinners who deny and distort our created being. Hmm. Right. And then three, we are forgiven sinners, enabled by God's grace to begin life anew in faith, to serve as Christ's disciples in love, to move in hope, toward the promised fulfillment of life in the coming reign of God. right? So this runs the whole gamut. We are created how? in the image of God, towards the promise with hope and promised fulfillment of life in the coming reign of God. So there's this trajectory in our humanity. It's not static. That's why the, it's hard to define it. It's always moving. There's this sense of movement. So broadly, we will not use this word very much today, but we're talking about anthropology. Anyone take an anthropology course back in college? One of you. You want to get up? You want to teach? <laughs> so anthropology broadly, the study of man or the study of humanity. Um, what does it mean to be a person? And Calvin, John Calvin would say that our understanding of humanity, anthropology, our understanding of God, theology, those are really intertwined. He writes in the very first page, very first lines of his Institutes, which is here in the Latin, if you can read Latin, there you go. Nearly all the wisdom we possess, that is to say, true and sound wisdom, consists of two parts knowledge of God, knowledge of ourselves. But while joined by many bonds, which one proceeds and brings forth the other is not easy to discern. How do we talk about one without the other? We can't. We can't just sit back and talk just about God because as we have already talked about in this class, God is creator. God has created us. The very ability to think about God was given to us by God. Um, And we can't talk about humanity without talking about God. They are intertwined. Um, I want to actually go to Genesis. Just these few verses. Could someone read for us uh, Genesis one? It's right there on the page, but you don't want to hear me talk for an hour at you. So, who wants to read those few pa- those few verses? First page.
2: Then God said.
0: Thank you, Judy. So there are a few phrases that jump out to me as we read this passage, realizing this is from chapter one, book one, book one, chapter one of the scriptures, and there's a whole lot more to be said on this subject. But from this, we get some key phrases of understanding from a, from a Judeo-Christian perspective, what is the beginning of humanity? So from the first Genesis creation story, we read, let us make humankind, how? In our image. Oh, well, who's the hour being talked about? Yeah, right? I wish I had an answer. Scholars are all over the place on that one. Um, According to our likeness, so there's this sense that there is something that is in God that is in us, what exactly that is, let's keep going and see if we can find out. They let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, all the all the things on earth. Uh, and then summarizing of the, all that, God created humankind in his image, and the image of God, he created them. Not just man, them, male and female, right? So how do we, you can get all the answers there if you look and cheat, but uh, broadly, let's talk... Uh, as a group for a minute how do we understand that phrase image of god in latin we probably heard imago dei how do we understand that phrase what do we think to
2: self because when they can say about our image it means that there's an awareness of who they are that they or that who god is
0: so an awareness is that consciousness would that be consciousness? More than consciousness, okay.
3: I would say creators that we are
0: have the ability to create. Oh. Okay. Gonna add I'm gonna add creator, creator. I don't know. Awareness plus con S E I O U S N E S S, something like that. I'm not a good scribe while I'm talking.
1: I I Dominion, I have issues with how that's translated. We'll but, come back to it. But, you know, I see that as, as caregivers, caretakers, yeah. stewards.
0: Okay. So caregiver, steward. What else does it mean to be made in the image of God?
3: We have the capability of understanding some things spiritual.
0: Ooh, okay. Um can understand the spiritual. Great. Okay. We could be here all day, keep going, keep keeping on with this topic because it's a good one. And whenever someone uses the phrase, oh, you were made in God's image or the image of God, you have to think, what do they mean by that? Um, because everyone can mean something different. Here are five, I think it's five. Let me double check. Five. Um, there are at least five primary ways that we can understand image of God for some. So they would say, Oh, there's a physical resemblance. It does say likeness after all, but right. That's kind of a surface reading of the text image of God, likeness of God. That means that we share physical traits and you can look in the Hebrew Bible. You can find descriptions of God having a face, God walking around the arm of the Lord. And so, we have to think, okay, is, does God really have a face? Does God really have a hand and an arm and his eyes are seeing? Is, or are we projecting or anthropomorphic language back upon God? Most uh, scholars would say yes. Even in the Hebrew Bible, there are passages that really say, no, God does not like that. Um, and there's a tension. We use the language, but we recognize its metaphor. Um, we've gone to this already, uh, number two, rational nature. This is a classical Western interpretation and the dominant one. Um, Aquinas would say the exercise of human reason is the participation in and reflection of the divine logos, the divine word. Um, so there's this, what we can do, right? With awareness, consciousness, uh, understanding, there's this sense that, um, I think, therefore, I am, right? That's what Descartes said, cogito ergo sum. Um, And so, is that what is God given? Is that the gift of the image of God created in humanity? Um, In tension with that, uh, James K.A. Smith, uh, author and and theologian, uh, he wrote, uh, I just love this phrase, you are what you think, cogito ergo sum but put a different slightly different way it is a motto that reduces human beings to brains on a stick isn't that a bizarre image but it kind of sticks with you doesn't it brains on a stick are you just a brain on a stick or is there more to it than that the some have more brains than others there you go and now we get into dominion of the earth right um that there is right there in the whole discussion about image of God dominion over that which has just been created um and some use that and take that word dominion and and expand upon that to create this whole hierarchy right saying that above all is God and God created man and man Yes, man, not humanity. Man is over all creation. And under man is woman. And under woman is child, right? You can do that kind of a hierarchical thing, but that's, most scholars today would say that's not really in the text. Um, we're not, well, we're still talking. Yes, and we're, you're, you're, jump, yeah, you're jumping the, you know where we're going. Did you read the end? Did you? <laughs> um, you we're getting there. We're getting there. We always swing back to Jesus. That's right. Um, so, uh, what this is Migliori writing, and I'm at the top, of the second page. Um, this image of hierarchy in God and in creation. Um, he uh, Migliori has contended that, rightly understood, the dominion entrusted to humanity, like God's own exercise of dominion, involves respect. Protection and care for others rather than a mastery over, rather than a manipulation of. So that's to that point of caregiver and steward that Edith was bringing us back to. So the two other things we've thought about are uh, in relation to the image of God is there a sense that being made in the image of God means that we have a certain freedom? Is this having free will? Um, this, it's, uh, we could talk about that all day. We're gonna, ooh wow. Time is fleeting. Um, Or is it that human life um, is in relationship? Because if we think about coming, uh, Jerry, we're going to go there right now. If we think about at um, the base, as Christians, what do we say about God? God is most revealed to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As that is the very core of who God is, that means that God is never alone. God is always in community, right? And so to be made, perhaps, Ed, this is what it means. Let us make them in our image. Uh, maybe God is having a conversation with God's self, speaking to the Spirit, saying, hey, let's make them like us. Um, and is that the moment when it's, it's really about we are, as God, in community with one another? And so we want to create humanity to have need for community, need for the other, and need for us. So um, it's not just about, in, in this idea of the image of God, it's not just about having faculties, right? Having consciousness, being able to discern or judge or do anything. Um, but it's more about um, uh, this relationship with the holy other, as Migliori says, God and uh, other people as well. What is that relationship, and is that really the um, a fuller understanding of what it means to be in the image of God? I'm not saying that any one of these is all the way right. I think every one of these as uh, there's there's a, a bit of truth in every one of these, and historically the church has affirmed different ones. So um, we can't say. Well, I only like number five. One through four, eh. Um, there's this sense that there's a little bit of, we have to kind of rest in each one and say, oh, that is the image of God. Okay, what is God like? Yeah. Um, and I love this one, this one little phrase Migliori wrote. He said, the image of God is not like an image permanently stamped into a coin, right? But instead, he says it's like an image reflected in a mirror, have you ever sat and stared at yourself and you realize, oh, I'm twitching. Oh, I blinked. Oh, I just move a little. Oh, you know, I, it's, it's never static. There's this sense of it's always shifting. There's always, you could, and as you look in the mirror differently, it looks differently, right? Um, so it's not this this sense of this is it, but there's a, there's a range. Um... N- n- we're not going to go there. We're going to skip that. The one thing that uh, Migliori is is um, really emphasizes in the text is that while Genesis one is important and is helpful for understanding the image of God and what does it mean to be human, we cannot only rely on Genesis one. There are sixty five other books of Scripture um, that we have to look at the whole to understand more fully what it means, um, because you can't just look at two verses and say, oh well, that's it, right? We just talked about if we had to write a book on humanity today, whoa, tomorrow, it's a different book, right? So there's something that's, it's changing. It's mysterious. Um, it's yeah. oh. a great question. I don't know. But we change. Right? Right. And we're talking about sin next week. Um, See, so, God is
3: the same today and always.
0: God is the same today and always, yes.
3: So did the image of God change? Or did the... No, I mean, God doesn't change. Yeah, I get that.
0: No, no. That's a great question. I could just ponder that the rest of the hour and I'm I'd be good with that. But we've got so much more to cover. Um yeah, bring that back up next week if you're here Ed because I'd love to I'd love to tackle that a little more. Um mm, this is uh, Migliori in this, in this middle section of this, of this chapter that we're tackling today. He's uh, talking about created humanity and what are the essential dimensions of human beings in relationship to God. So he has Migliori has three theses. I'm going to go through them and then we'll double back. Um, hu- human beings created in God's image are freely addressed by God and free to respond to God. That's one. Let's come back to that. Two. Next page. Beings created in the image of God means that humans find their true identity in coexistence with each other and with all creatures. We become and stay human in the tension between personal identity and communal participation. And three, being created in the image of God is not a fixed state or condition, but a movement within a, with a goal. Human beings are restless for a fulfillment of life not yet Realized. Okay, I just wanted to give you the overall, and let's zoom back to one. So human beings are freely addressed by God and free to respond to God. So this is a, a fun word, exocentric, exocentrically, to a far greater, and this is all from Migliori here uh, in this section, it's to a far greater extent than any other animal, Humans are, are exist exocentrically. That means we're not just happy with being ourselves. We're not just happy um, by ourselves in our room all the time. Sure, you can talk about introverted and extroverted and those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, you, you can't just live on an island by yourself. There's always this sense of being drawn towards something. And that's what it means to be exocentrically in existence. We're drawn outside of ourselves. To to experience to relationship with other human beings, uh, but this also means that we are embodied, right? Like think back to that DS nine. Oh, it is a corporeal creature, right? Uh, meaning that that may not be the only way to exist. And if we think about God, right? Only God in Jesus has that corporeal nature. That is the incarnation. God the Father, God the Spirit. Mm, probably don't do not have this corporeal nature as we would understand it. But humans like Jesus, right? Um, humans are embodied. Um, and we, we, it's not that we simply have bodies, but that we are also are our bodies, right? If I were to take your body away, um, you wouldn't be around, right? And science could progress to someday say, Oh, I'm gonna store all your memories on this hard drive here. And but are you just a sum of your memories? Is that really all you are? I would say we're more than that, right? We are psychophysical entities. It's all part of us. Our our mind and our bodies are one. That's what's makes us part of what makes us human. And then human life is. Socially, historically embedded. So this goes back to um, where were we born? What makes us us? Uh, And did you choose to be, uh, I'm going to pick on you for a minute, Jerry. Where were you born? West
4: Virginia. Were
0: you chosen to be born in West Virginia? Mom and dad did okay mom and dad chose to be then they really like planned it out by the day and you were going to be born on this day did they have any sense you were coming this day until her water broke and she you know you she knew you were coming (laughs) it's true i've been close to that recently so um there is this sense that we don't get to choose it is chosen for us i didn't get i wasn't I didn't choose to be born the day, the year that I was born, or the family that I was born into the the race and the gender. All of those things were chosen before I even came into this world. Kent? Yes? Yes? Uh Uh-huh?
4: I really have issues with that. Tell me more. Well... For instance, uh, science thinks you know they know a lot about neurophysiology mm-hmm. and all that, but they still can't explain the existence of consciousness. Right. And I read a book a couple of years ago by a neurosurgeon who developed a very extreme infection that killed most of the outer surface of his brain. Oh boy! And. Uh, he was, they thought he'd be a vegetable forever, but he experienced out-of-the-body things Why this happened that he wrote about that related to the fact that he definitely knew things that he shouldn't have known. And eventually, he miraculously recovered and went on to write a book about his experience.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
4: you know, there's a lot we don't understand. so B is a question in my mind.
0: So there is certainly more than just our bodies, right? But we cannot step out. So so yeah, we could talk about soul and spirit and how those can be differentiated from body. But we cannot. I cannot choose right now in my own volition to um, step outside of my body, right? I am. My existence is predicated upon this body in this moment. Okay, you want to demonstrate for us? Step out of your body. Let's see it. Um, <laughs> um, but certainly, there is this sense that when we die, what happens to our spirits? Because there's this, and I don't want to go down the path of a dualism like there's good and there's bad, any of that, but there is this sense that there is life beyond death, of course. And then there's the resurrection, right? N.T. Wright uh, talks about when we die. Yes, our bodies are are die, but we have life beyond death. And then there's the resurrection. There's this weird, tiny something I don't get. Nobody really does. After death, we're in the presence of the Lord. Yes, but where's our where are our bodies? Still back here on earth. Um. And we are awaiting the day of resurrection, when we are reunited with our bodies. Whether they're fully decomposed, whether it was the day after you died that the Lord came and the resurrection happened, there's this sense that our bodies are important. That is throughout the witness of Scripture. Bodies are important. Otherwise, Jesus would not have come. In the incarnation, Jesus said, this flesh is important. And I give you this flesh, my flesh, my blood. This is what will restore the world, right? So there is something to what you say, Kent. And I think there's, there's we're kind of just zeroing in on what humanity means. And in, in, in this is Aldrich Migliori, and he's, he's trying to go through on his logical thing. But the, absolutely, we can talk about so many other things than this. Okay, let's flip over. Um, yeah, uh, number two, being created in the image of God means that humans find their true identity and coexistence with each other, with all creatures. We become and stay human in the tension between personal and communal, right? Again, it's, this is like the birthday thing, right? You have to be told your birthday. When is your birthday? If no one tells you, you will not know, um, it was, oh, what did I just see? There was a, um, uh, it's not going to come to me. There was a book that just came out fairly recently, a woman's experience of she was biracial, and I think her family was trying to, um, they, they tended, their skin tended whiter, but they were, they were African-American, maybe a little, and, and they were trying to say, I think it was uh, The Morning When I Woke Up White, as i think the the title of the book or something akin to that right so there's this sense of they did choose that but what is um they they chose part of their identity is still both right that biracial identity is still there but they're saying oh now we're choosing this for societal norms to fit in all those sorts of things but there is this tension would it matter what uh quote-unquote race that that child that family is if the community had not, they didn't care. No, they'd be what they are. They wouldn't care. But there was a sense in that era, and this I think was the fifties or sixties, when this child is writing about her. Well, had that experience, and now as an adult, if the community didn't care, they wouldn't have done that, right? Their identity is being formed in community. Martin Buber, who's a Jewish um, scholar, he wrote a great phrase: uh, "We live." In dialogue. Don't you love that? We live in dialogue. Not just a monologue. Um, There's the African proverb I've quoted many times. uh, Ubuntu. Which means I am because you are. Or I am human only because you are human. We can't live by ourselves. Uh, mm, Oh, yes. Yes. Um, letter C here, I want to read, just so I don't get it too off topic here, I'm going to read what Migliori actually says here. He writes that most strikingly, according to the biblical witness, human beings are created in the image of God, not as solitary beings, but in a duality of male and female. And I understand what he's writing is uh, There are other voices out there that would argue with the duality. I understand that. I'm just reading what he wrote. As created by God, we are essentially relational social beings, and this essential sociality and co-humanity is signified by our coexistence in human partnership. We are created for life in community with others to exist in relationships of mutual fidelity Mutual freedom and fellowship, and this is the theological context of understanding human sexuality. It signifies and is appropriate ex- appropriately expressed in mutually committed, reciprocally joyful and lasting relationship with one another, right? Relationships, especially uh, r- romantic ones, there is a sense of fulfillment in those. That is not to say those are the only kind of relationships in which we can find fulfillment. Paul Lehman um, writes that while Scripture sees the relationship of man and woman as paradigmatic, foundational in life, uh, we, this is not to be understood as limiting or exclusive, right? Now, David and uh, Jonathan in the Scriptures, they had a very, very close relationship um, so close that some modern people would say, oh, there's probably something going on there, but with more than just friendship, which is not there in the text, right? I think that's a modern imposition upon the text. But there's a sense that there was reciprocity, there was mutuality, and there was being fully known and loved in that relationship. Uh, it is one of the most beautiful friendships described in the whole of the Hebrew Bible, right? Uh, and they are two men, who are, right, uh, just brothers, friends, not really brothers, but brothers in the colloquial sense. Um, And so in this, um, we understand that we, we come back to an understanding of God. Again, reminding ourselves that we can't understand humanity without understanding God. God, the core, is triune. So as the, this is Letter, uh, letter E here. As the eternal triune loves make love makes room for others, so human beings are called to discover true personhood in relationship with others. This is why I asked at the top of our time together: uh, Can you be human if you're being, you know, you're being raised by wolves uh, in in the forest, right? If you don't have contact with humanity, can you still be human, right? Think of Survivor. Not Survivor. What is the name of that movie with Tom Hanks when he's on the island? Castaway. Think of Castaway, right? Um, He became savage, or um, uh, what is that book that they make you read in high school? Thank you, Lord of the Flies, right? Um, All right, they take away all these norms, and it's a group, but they're starting to revert to savages because their humanity has been stripped away and taken away. So, man, what does that mean? And then finally, there is, this is number three, um, this comes back to the broader idea that we don't, yeah, we don't know our origins, totally, we don't know everything there is to know about our origins, we believe God is creator, um, and we know that God is the finisher, right, God will be there with us at the end of time. Um, whatever exactly that looks like scripture hints, we don't know all of it, but we know some of it, we believe some of it, but we're not there yet. We're in this middle. So there is this sense that we are not static. We are not, um, just here. We are on the way we are on the way. And that is, um, what, what's going on here in number three, there is a, uh, Human beings are restless, and I love that line, restless for fulfillment of life not yet realized. Uh, Augustine has a great prayer, and one of, the, one of the lines of the prayer is, you have made us, and this is the little picture down there, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Isn't that great? Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And that's that's the the hope for end of humanity is that we rest in God, and we won't find rest until we rest with God. So as we look forward in the biblical witness, uh, proclaiming the the coming reign of God, um, with prophetic acts that boldly inaugurate his arrival. Um, we know that Jesus reveals this is coming back to jerry 's uh, points of earlier that 's why I thought you read the read the end here uh, you read the cheat you got a cheat sheet over there already um, so Jesus reveals human life is not complete in itself but is oriented to god 's future and to the promise of fulfilled and abundant life. We have a destiny we are created, and we are redeemed, not just to sit back and Uh, stay where we are, but we are created and redeemed to glorify God and to enjoy God forever. That is what uh, the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism says. What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yes, it is dated language. That is, uh, what is the chief end of humanity? To glorify God and enjoy God forever. Right. That is our goal. That is part of what it means to be human. Um, And then Jesus, this is, um, I'll be honest, I'm still, I think there's a lot more to understand about this and I have in my own theology only really scratched the surface of this Um, because there's just, it's too big a concept to totally wrap my head around. Um, But that Jesus is the truest sense of what it means to be human. And I don't, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know how to understand that. Of course, you know, never having met Jesus face to face in the flesh, I don't know what that means. What does it mean that Jesus is the most human human, right? He is the embodiment of human. He is the image of God, right? That's what it says in, uh, all over the new Testament that Jesus is the image of God. We are created in the image of God, but Jesus is the image of God. Um. There's a lot there that I uh, yeah I'll be honest I don't get it all I think it's so huge an idea that we could spend life trying to figure it out. You look confused, Dan. We do. We do, we do spend the life. We here. do. That's why we're here. That's right. That's right. Who is Jesus? What is Jesus calling us to? Um. So to say these, these last few lines of the letter B, to say that God is triune is also to say that life is fulfilled only in relationship with God and others. And uh, Stanley Grenz argues, the retrieval of the doctrine of Trinity has paved the way for a fully theological anthropology. So once we understand, as we talked about, was it December just last month? We talked about Trinity for a few weeks. Um, it's really only when we understand God is not just one, a monad, monad, right? God is three in one. And as God is in community, and we are made in the image of God, so we are called to be in community. Um, that's, that's a lot. Okay, we have just a few minutes here. I almost thought about singing you a song today, but we don't have time. So um, this is The Face of Christ by uh, Chris Rice. Anybody know Chris Rice? chris rice he's a musician he's probably put out 10 cds Uh, um he was fundamental to my uh development of faith as a teenager he's a great stuff uh he hasn't come out with too many cds in a long time but it's good stuff um and the one line that i couldn't get out of my head this is I, i invite you to read this as as poetry and then go listen to it find it online but that third verse um talking about when do we see jesus and how do we see jesus in the face of the other right and the third verse says see you had no choice which day you would be born color of your skin what planet you'd be on would your mind be strong would your eyes be blue or brown would whether daddy would be rich or if mama stuck around at all how did i find myself in a better place i can't look down on the frown on the other guy's face Because when I stoop down low, look them square in the eye, I get a funny feeling I just might be dealing with the face of Christ. But my prayer for you this week is that um, as we reaffirm our humanity, we reaffirm our common humanity, that whether we are black or brown, whether we are American or Iranian or Mexican or Chinese or wherever we are in this globe, whatever year we were born, no matter what, We are each one created in the image of God. And we are called into relationship with God. We are called into relationship with one another. And as Christians, we have a special task. And that task is to to love as Christ loved. But also to look for Christ in the face of the other. Not the ones we want to see Jesus' face in. But the ones we least expect. And it's in their faces that we come to know Christ really is. Next week, we will start to delve into humanity as sinner. So um, really great topic Uh, and new being in Christ. And so I invite you to consider those topics broadly. And I want you to consider uh, and try to define for yourself what is sin? What is sin? If someone said, you know, my kids have asked me this question and I'm like, how do I explain it to you? As a three- and a five-year-old, how do I explain this? How would you explain that? What is sin? If you need some uh, some help, Paul Tillich here, uh, this is just a little paragraph of his on estrangement and sin. Um, so I encourage you to consider that. Let us pray before we depart. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this day, for this opportunity to consider the ways that you have made us, the ways that you are making us still, and how we are... Not our own, but we are yours, and how we are um, most fully human in Christ, how we are destined for the coming reign of your uh, your your coming reign. Be with us, Almighty God, help us to see ourselves as part of this whole of creation. Help us to see. Your love and your face in all of those whom we meet on the street, especially the ones with whom we least expect it. Be with us, guide us, and guard us, and help draw us to yourself as we join our hearts in worship together this next hour. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Questions. Yes? Uh, can't ask me this, I uh, answer